Oh, wait. You thought the vaccine madness was over? Oh, Dr. Fauci has some information for you. And we're not going to let this Black Lives Matter thing go. There was a cost and it was high. Coming up on I'm Right. The goalposts. It's a common thing to put out there right now. The goalposts are moving. The goalposts are moving. And I'm more, I should be more sympathetic than I have been for normal people. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about masks and vaccines and, and COVID stuff. Because here's what I saw in the beginning. In the very beginning. I mean, the, the start of all this. Day one, when they were even teasing, locking down the economy. And I freaked out. I said, they don't even have the authority to lock down the economy. This is America. This is not communist China. What are you talking about? You can't do that. I understand a lot of people were scared, though. And it's not that I wasn't worried about the virus. I didn't know either. I just saw the economic destruction, the destruction of freedoms. I saw it right away, and that's why I was so loud. You remember, I was right here talking to you on the show. Stop. Stop. You guys don't understand what you're doing. But people were scared. You, a virus scares people. It scares people in a unique way. If you were to put a, a gigantic group of tigers outside of your town and the other town gets a big virus, people would pick the tigers. You can't see the virus, right? You can't taste it. You don't know. I may, maybe I have it right now. There's something about a virus, a disease that scares people in a unique way. So I get that. And I probably should have been more sympathetic in the beginning. I was just trying to wake everybody up. Okay? It's fine. But I have been telling you and telling everybody the entire time, this is not about a virus. These people are not trying to beat coronavirus. They're telling you they're trying to beat coronavirus, but you can't beat coronavirus. It's a virus. It'll be around forever now. Everyone's going to get it. I learned to live with it. Flu, cold, just like that. Coronavirus will always be with us. You can't beat it. And they're not even trying to beat it. Well, Jesse, that's crazy conspiracy theory talk. That's what I used to get a lot of that, especially in the very beginning. What are you, some wingnut? It's weird. I don't get near as much of that anymore. See, it started out, the volume of those I was getting was a lot, and then over time it started to go down and then down and then down and then down, and now I don't get as many of those anymore because I think many people are starting to see the game now. It's not about coronavirus. It's about the people in charge, the people in power, gathering more wealth and power for themselves as we go along. And the amount of times I've seen people try to convince themselves of lies throughout this process, it's, it's been frustrating for me. And I've, I've, friends of mine, friends on the right, oh, Jesse, I just, I'm going to get the vaccine. I just... I need to get back to normal. I want to go to concerts again. I just, I'm going to get the, I'm going to get the vaccine so they'll leave me alone. And I told them all, I told you many times, get it or don't get it. I don't care. It's not my business. I'm, do whatever you want. But don't you dare get it under the assumption these people are going to let you go. They're never going to let you go. Here's Dr. Fauci's latest for The Atlantic. I say that ultimately, I believe that the optimal regimen for the vaccine for the mRNAs is going to include that third booster shot. We did not always know that a third dose would likely be an important part of the proper complete regimen. 
did you did you think this was going to stop at two? And look, maybe maybe you're one of those people right now. Maybe you're still trusting all this. Maybe you're, maybe you've already lined up your appointment for your third booster shot. That's fine. Again, do what you want. Go go get a booster a day. I don't care. Not my business. But don't you dare do it and think that it stops there. This never stops. Coronavirus, once again, if, you, if you're looking at this objectively, coronavirus has been the greatest thing that ever happened to somebody like Dr. Fauci, Joe Biden. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson. Coronavirus has been the greatest thing that ever happened to the Democratic Party. Remember all those mail-in ballots they're now so in love with? The people who are running this country, they love coronavirus. They love it. Not only are they not trying to defeat it, they don't even want to. If you were to actually give Dr. Fauci or any of these people a defeat coronavirus button, and all he had to do was press it, he'd laugh in your face. Oh, he'd act like he, he wanted to defeat it in public. I'm going to press this in private. He's thinking to himself, wow, I think I'd rather do another TV interview. I think I'd rather be on the cover of Vanity Fair, throw out the first pitch of another baseball game, make $100,000 a pop giving speeches on the lecture circuit. He loves coronavirus. And remember, this started with 15 days to slow the spread. Remember that? 15 days to slow the spread. And wear a mask everywhere. Don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. And then social distancing. I love that. We've reordered the country for it, and no one even knows where the concept came from, which they admit now. And it was masking and social distancing, and then quickly it moved on to uh, the Trump. Trump world was developing a vaccine, and every Democrat was saying, I'd never take that vaccine. Not in a million years will I take the vaccine. And then it went back to everybody has to take the vaccine. And we've moved clear on to you're fired if you're not vaccinated. And uh, by the way, you're going to need a third dose. And I am grateful. I am grateful for leaders like Ron DeSantis out there. He's been pretty on point about this whole thing. You know, we're not just going to subcontract out people's freedoms and livelihoods to some health bureaucrat like Fauci, who quite frankly doesn't care about your jobs, doesn't care about your business, and has no regard for how his policies uh, affect people's everyday uh, lives. It doesn't. It's not even debatable. I remember very early on when the economy was starting to crash and these small businesses were going downhill and Fauci would go on TV and he'd say things like, well, I mean, despite, despite some economic discomfort, economic discomfort, we're talking about businesses that have been around for decades, oftentimes family businesses closing their doors because of you. It's economic discomfort when you're some $400,000 a year bureaucrat getting famous off this whole thing. It's the end of the world if you're somebody who's watching a biz business that's been in your family for generations go away. Economic discomfort, the callousness of these people. And remember, remember how much of the system organized itself so you can only see certain things about coronavirus. You're not allowed to ask questions anymore. You can't ask questions about a vaccine. You can't ask questions about masks. You can't ask questions about boosters. You can't ask questions about sunshine, ivermectin, uh, uh, fat people being uniquely at risk for coronavirus, old people, pre-existing conditions. You're not allowed to ask any questions anymore. YouTube just recently came out with a policy, and YouTube, they, they flat out said, 
No more questioning the vaccine ever, which is funny because I remember when Donald Trump was president and all these communist hacks were saying this. As you know, President Trump has promised a coronavirus vaccine by the end of the year or maybe sooner. Would you trust that vaccine? Uh, no, I would not trust his word. I would trust the word of public health experts and scientists, but not Donald Trump. First of all, I don't trust the president on vaccines. I think it's going to be a very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. I trust vaccines. I trust the scientists. But I don't trust Donald Trump. And at this moment, the American people can't either. Yikes. Hey, YouTube. Time to pull down some videos. And remember, remember, these people, they're really, really worried about coronavirus. They're really worried about making sure the public health. How many times have you heard that word? Maybe we've got to make it, maintain the public health. They have to make sure you're healthy. They want you to be healthy. I mean, it's not as if they intentionally caused a surge at the border and DHS Secretary Mayorkas is already out there openly admitting one in five. One in five, they're carrying an illness. We're flooding the country with unvaccinated illegal immigrants who are carrying an illness while at the same time we're firing people who don't get vaccinated? Does it seem wrong, hypocritical, upside down? Well, it makes perfect sense when you simply accept the fact these people, they're trying to wreck the country. They're trying to enrich themselves and wreck the country. What have I told you a thousand times? They all share the same three characteristics. All your cultural leaders, the bureaucrats, the politicians, the celebrities, the professors, all these, they all share the same three things now. This is what this is what generally what happens in a broken, rotted society like ours. Three things. They all share them. One, no love of country. Oftentimes a hatred of the country, but there's no love of country. You look at any issue, border, coronavirus, Afghanistan, whatever. You look at any issue and you say to yourself, what's best for America? That thought never even enters their mind. They, they just look at America as a city to be sacked and pillaged. They don't think about the love of country. That doesn't enter their mind. Two, they're all completely disconnected from reality. They've all gone right from the university bubble into the D.C. bubble, New York, D.C., media world, political world. They have no idea what the real world is like. That's why they always get rolled on the international stage by barbarians like the Taliban. And three, what's the third thing they all have in common? They don't want to be president and senator and uh, the head of this agency or a professor of this. They all want to be kings and queens. They all feel as if they should rule over you. Not public servants. No, 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 no. And I don't mean snobbishness. I mean, they feel they are a higher human being than you are, and they should rule over you. And you simply cannot patch together a nation with people like that leading a nation. Oh, and back to the whole firing thing. Guess what's out there now? We're hearing from a whistleblower that unvaccinated border patrol agents, gone. Unvaccinated border patrol agents, gone. So we have border patrol agents 
doing everything they can, killing themselves down on the border, trying to stem the tide of the illegal immigrant hordes who are pouring into this country, illegal immigrants with coronavirus, with no vaccine requirement for them, and instead we're going to hand out a vaccine requirement for our Border Patrol agents? And I get some really, really, really bad emails. I mean, really heartbreaking stuff. I don't know that any of them have been as horrible as the ones I've been getting lately about people saying, Jesse, I'm going to lose my job. Jesse, I just got fired. Jesse, they're going to fire me next month. I don't know what to do. Jesse, will you help me find a job? Got one, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before, a corrections officer who's been doing it for 19 years in our federal prison system. He said, Jesse, they're going to fire me. I'm going to fire a bunch of us because we're not taking it. 19 years, his entire adult life, it's all he knows. Gone. A bunch of monsters. Here's a Harvard professor going on Don Lemon's show. The reason why mandates have become sort of more, people have become more comfortable with mandates is because uh, the unvaccinated listening to this false news uh, uh, basically just needed a push, a nudge, something to be taken away from them. And then they sort of weighed that faulty information against the desire to keep their job or in the case of state police or desire to keep their pension. Listen to how these monsters talk. All they needed was a nudge. Look, we just had to take something away from them. And what's so crazy and so scary is this. That hag right there, that Harvard hag, she thinks she's the good guy. She goes home at night. She looks in the mirror and thinks, good job. She lays her head down at night and closes her eyes and she goes to sleep 100% certain of the knowledge that she's one of the good guys. She has no idea she's a monster. And that's what drives me crazy. And again, I told you in the beginning, I told everybody, you want to be careful giving the government this kind of power. You let them scare you and you gave them a bunch of power. Well, people don't give power back. That's not the nature of man. Don't believe me? Oh, the CDC now, you know, the Center for Disease Control, the ones who've handed out eviction moratoriums, I mean, completely overstepped their bounds. Don't worry, they have a new, mesh, new mission. There's a new public health crisis on the horizon, and they're all over it. They're doing a study on guns and gun violence. You didn't think this was going to stop at coronavirus, did you? All that may have made, us, made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. All right, now, you know I talk about national divorce a lot, how I want a peaceful separation of the country. My friend with the New York Post, Carol Markowitz, wrote an article about it. She disagrees with me, so we're going to have a friendly disagreement next on that. But first, times can be tough economically. Have you ever thought about flipping houses? You know you don't have to be some construction genius to do that, right? You don't have to have a bunch of knowledge about the industry. All you need is FlippingMadeEasy.com. You see, FlippingMadeEasy.com, it's one of the cooler concepts I've heard of. They took everything you need, for a complete novice, everything you need to flip a home, and they put it on one website. You want articles uh, from experts about what to do, what not to do, and all these things, they've got it. Jesse, I don't even know what, what housing opportunities there are out there. Not in my area. Flipping Made Easy does. They'll, they'll take care of that for you. But Jesse, what about vendors? I don't even know who to call. I need a roofer. 
FlippingMadeEasy.com. It's all right there. And when you go to FlippingMadeEasy.com and use the code JESSE, you get an extra something special. Go now. We'll be right back with Carol. Because we do not have a society, we do not have a country if we do not have public health. If we do not have public health safety protocols like, yes, masks. Children are not just suffering and dying at greater rates right now, they're spreading COVID throughout the population at higher numbers. Anti-masking doesn't just affect schools, but our society as a whole. It affects cancer patients and the immunocompromised and the elderly and just about everyone. People do not get to walk around shooting loaded firearms randomly into crowds, and people are not entitled to turn themselves into deadly biological weapons by spraying disease-laden aerosols wherever they choose, randomly killing innocent people. This is not freedom, this is homicide, and will Willful ignorance is no excuse. First of all, switch to decaf, lady. All right. Second of all, let me welcome in my friend, columnist with the New York Post, Carol Markowitz. Uh, Carol, what level of mental illness have we put on people in this country? I mean, look, I I, I don't, maybe she's a paid political actor, but we, you and I both know people out there who think like this at this point in time. What have we done? Did we do something terrible to these people? You know, if we had to blame somebody, I would blame the media. They are sensationalist. They are hysterical. They only highlight when things are going badly. They only highlight bad news. Um, And so you have people like this who really internalize the, the things that they hear. And there's no evidence for anything that she's saying, that children are dying at a higher rate. Absolutely not. Children are spreading this all over the place? Absolutely not. I mean, this is fact. This is data. This has got nothing to do with my opinion. Uh, In fact, the other day I said to my three kids, they're 11, 8, and 5, I said, if I thought masks worked and I thought that COVID was you know, dangerous to you, we would be the most masked family on the block. Um, It's because it doesn't work. And it's because kids are largely not susceptible to this virus that I don't mask my children. It's not like I just decided one day that, you know, the freedom of not masking mattered to me more than their safety. It's because it has no effect on their safety or the safety of society. Oh, you're so right. And you know what drives me crazy, Carol, is, okay, we got this virus, And we knew very early on the people who were susceptible to it. And instead of focusing on them, treating them and helping them, we just used this blanket thing to cover everybody. Okay, old people, especially ones with pre-existing conditions, are in danger. Really fat people, they're in danger. Why don't we help them and focus on them, but instead it's kids, like you mentioned your three kids. My sons haven't worn a mask in like a year and a half. This is craziness. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is, you know, I, I have my, my kids are all very skinny um, and uh, they are very active. And my 11 year old daughter said to me recently, she made a comment about how she doesn't really run that much at school because, you know, she has to wear a mask. And I was like, wow, if my super active kid is not running as much because she has to wear a mask, what about kids who are naturally inactive or, or less active? Um, you know, the numbers we're seeing for childhood obesity, they're only going to continue to go up. This is I mean, nobody wants to run in a mask. Like, let's face some reality here. We're actually only giving these kids more comorbidities for the thing that we're pretending that we're so afraid of for them. Carol, I I don't pretend to be a good father. I'm sure you're a lot better mother than I am a good father. But I I do worry about 
the mental health of children yeah. who, whose parents are like that psychopath we played in the beginning. I mean, kids right. are susceptible to this stuff. I've seen these videos of kids crying with joy because they, they get, a, get to get a vaccine now and stuff like that. Are we messing yeah. these kids up for life? Yes, we're messing these kids up. Um, so again, I have three kids. My middle son is the most like anti-mask. I mean, just he hates wearing it. I mean, more than anybody else. And he also just understands that it's it's pointless, etc. He says that it's other kids who constantly are telling him to like. He makes this motion with his fingers, like they they keep making that motion to him in class or on, on, outside at recess. Um, we're absolutely messing up these kids. And there's no doubt in my mind that we're gonna get to a point where we realize it. You know, there was a New York Times round table a few weeks ago about how well actually remote learning last year didn't actually work out and it was pretty much a disaster. I mean, the things that you and I were saying the whole time because duh, um, in a year, in two years, they're gonna have a new round table about how, you know, Masking small children actually was really bad for their development because, again, duh, we all know that it is. We all know that that's what's going to happen. They just, they're not going to get there faster. It's going to be years before we realize it. It's going to be years before the left accepts it. Carol, you wrote a piece for The Spectator about why international travel restrictions are shameful and don't have anything to do with medical facts. What are you talking about? So even when for the brief moment that, you know, liberal places sort of took off their masks in the spring or, um, you know, started to kind of ease up on restrictions, travel still remains this real taboo. People are hiding the fact that they're traveling. People are, you know, on, on Instagram, you could do like private for friends and family only or for like close friends. People are really afraid to say, look, I got on a plane, I went on a vacation, I went on a trip. Um, it's seen as like dirty. Um, and it, it's really crazy because you can travel, you know, across our southern border and nobody's testing you, nobody's checking your vaccine requirements, but get on a plane back to the US. So uh, my family went to Iceland in August and kids were not even tested to get into Iceland because they don't mask kids, they don't test kids, they've accepted the reality around children. To get back into the US, my three kids had to get a COVID test in Iceland in order to get back into their own country. I mean, it's it's beyond what we need to be doing right now. And we need, stop, we need to stop treating travel as something dirty or um, particularly bad for COVID. It's not. Yeah, look, I we're a travel family. It's the one thing we, we, we love to do. It's like our, it's a, that's our vice is travel. And I mean, it looks like we're going to, it's going to be an American family at this point in time because I don't have a vaccine and no one in my family it's a does. It's great country. You know, we'll get to see it. All right, Carol, I have to ask. You wrote a column in the New York Post. Great column, by the way. I would suggest everybody go check it out. Everyone knows I'm national divorce guy. I want the country to split up in two, at least, because I believe we are heading for violence I hate to use that word and I genuinely do not want to see a single person in this country get hurt I think national divorce is the only way but unlikely Carol disagrees Carol what are you talking about well so to be clear I, you know I agree with you on a lot of the underlying issues I feel very stifled in the way I'm forced to live my life in New York City and I kind of wish that I could move somewhere and just 
you know, be free and do what I what I think I need to be doing for my family. Um, but for example, our family's plan B was to move to Palm Beach County in Florida. And while Governor DeSantis implemented his uh, no mask mandate for schools, some districts are disobeying that and still mandating masks in schools. So you can move to a red state and end up in a bluish, it's not even that blue, but bluish area like Palm Beach County where your rights gonna be impeded on anyway. I just think that we're not so clear cut as a red and blue. One of the examples I use in the piece is if you move to Colorado in the late 90s and you were living in a reliably red state, by 2004, that was the last time they voted for a Republican for president. And the Republican Party in 2004 is so different from the Republican Party in 2021. I mean, we barely have anything in common anymore. And certainly Democratic Party, same thing. I mean. Let's look at what Clinton ran on. Let's look at what Biden ran on. And those are going to be some really dramatic differences. So we, it's very hard to keep everyone ideologically pure or to keep people out. You might have people like moving to Texas right now from California who like the low taxes, but nothing else. Uh, what, how are you going to test for that at the border? It, it's it's not quite so simple. So my solution is more like we have to fight where we are. We have to stay where we are and we have to fight out the battles. and fight for the individuality and individual freedom that we're supposed to have. Uh, those are not bad points at all. But don't you think the other side and our side, don't you think we hate each other enough now that we would agree we should live apart? Well, so one of the other things I say in the piece is there were 3.2 million Trump voters in New York State. That's a deep blue state with over 3 million red voters. I mean, what are you going to do? Move them all out to where? Wyoming? I mean, it just it it becomes where an impossible thing where we're going to have to leave millions of conservatives behind. And it's really just unlikely that even even the ones who want to move, I want to move, and I'm still kind of stuck in in, in where I am uh, for the for at least a short term. So I, it's it's more like logistics that I really don't think can happen here, and I I also just don't want to give up on our cities. Like, why should I surrender New York City because crazy people have decided that they're in charge? It wasn't that long ago that Rudy Giuliani was mayor, and you know Michael Bloomberg after him, not a Democrat either really not that wild to imagine that New York, you know, unfortunately might hit that rock bottom again and go back to Republican leadership. Carol Markowitz, you're the best. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Look, it's not like I think it's going to happen. I don't think the adults are going to come together and figure this out. I just want them to. I just want them to. And I certainly get people who disagree. But home title lock. Do you own a home? If you do, you have a home title. I'm sure that's not exactly news to you. Your home title is online, though. That may be news to you. And because it's online, like everything else that's online, it's subject to being hacked. These guys can go after it, hack into it, forge your signature on it, go to a lending institution and take out a loan or several against your home, a loan that you will have to, take, you will have to pay back. And this is getting people evicted, evicted. You might already be a victim and not know it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Put in your address. See if you're already a victim. It's free. HomeTitleLock.com. Put in your address. See if you're a victim. If Once you're there, sign up. Sign up so they can protect you. All right. We'll be right back with Black Lives Matter. Accountability. I, 
let's talk about accountability. Let's talk about actions and their consequences. I mean, that's important, right? Your parents probably taught them to you. If you're a parent, you probably teach them to your child. If you touch the stove, you're going to get burned. I catch you up past your bedtime, you're going to get spanked or grounded, that kind of thing, right? Actions. Actions have consequences, all actions, except in politics, apparently. Because I heard a lot last year when Black Lives Matter was torching through American cities after St. George Floyd died, and Black Lives Matter was defund the police this and stop oppressing us that and end racism in America and all that stupid crap. And I remember very, very well how quickly the messaging that the cops are the enemy took hold. Our own senator, Tim Scott, runs out of federal police reform bill right after that. Every corporation, Black Lives Matter ads. My kids log into their video games. There's a Black Lives Matter sp uh, splash page. Instagram wanted you to put up a black square. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter this, Black Lives Matter that. Black Lives Matter written across the NBA court. Black Lives Matter. There were billboards where I live in Houston. Black Lives Matter. My own pastor got up in church, left the church that Sunday. I never went back again. White privilege. Let's talk about it. A lot of Black Lives Matter stuff last year. Okay. All right. How'd it work? How'd all that pan out? Because I'm looking at uh, the FBI's statistics they just released, and there was a 30% increase in homicides in 2020. And no, I'm not going to let this go. I'm not going to gloss over this. This is a direct result of Black Lives Matter and their defund the police movement. And no, I'm not going to let you go. If you were one of the people out there with your stupid fist raised, or you're wearing your Black Lives Matter shirt, or your Drew Brees apologizing for America on Instagram. I'm not letting it go. I want to know where you people are now. Because unlike you, I don't pretend to be, I'm Mr. Black people. Look at my black friends. I care about human life. All human life. And the people who are dying, they're not dying in my suburb. These are urban black people, for the most part, who are the extra casualties of this. These are dead black people. Go look at the headlines. Saw one from Chicago, I believe it was last weekend, 76 years old. Imagine living 76 years on this earth. Old man, old woman, now you're dead from guns and gangs and no cops being around. There are little kids in there too, lots of them. Lots of little kids in there. Where are you, Drew Brees? Where are you, corporations? LeBron James, anybody? Where are you Republicans? Because Republicans, all of them, were dead silent about Black Lives Matter in the wake of St. George Floyd's death. Oh, you heard a lot about Antifa. It took months and months and months for a single Republican to get the guts to step up and say, uh, this is a Marxist street terrorist group and the cops aren't the enemy and even suggesting that is insane. And if we continue to remove cops, we're gonna get innocent people killed. Nope, they were all doing the I love black people routine. Black Lives Matter. Where are you now? Because they're hauling kids and old people out in body bags. I thought you cared. Was that just about a hashtag on Twitter? Was it just so you didn't get yelled at? 
because I want accountability. I want each and every person who talked about, tweeted about, wore a shirt about March 4, Black Lives Matter last year, I want each and every one of them to step up and say, I was wrong and I'm personally responsible for the death of black people, thousands of them. Here's your president from last year. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. Well, of course, he's right about that because the Black Lives Matter protesters who carved through American cities last, night, last year were like a blowtorch through butter. For the most part, they were, they were turned loose. Local DAs just sprung them from jail. It's a civil rights protest! The January 6th protesters, of course, the people who sauntered onto the Capitol, most of them are still rotting in jail, facing lengthy prison sentences. And look at that, look at that right there from CNN. If I could describe America, if I could describe the current state of this country, that, that, that screen capture right there does as good as anything. Fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. Everybody out there last year wanted to be Mr. Black People, and I'm civil rights, and I care. No, you don't care. If you cared, if you actually cared, you would have never supported this disgusting group. You would have never called for defunding the police, removing the police, pretending like the cops are the, are the problem in the urban black community. And not one of you, not one, has the integrity to step up and say, I was wrong and that's on me. All right, we'll talk about that and other things with Pastor Daryl Scott next. Hang on. I dipped for a long time, a long time. I needed Jake's mint shoe because I tried everything to quit. And once you start doing something for that long, it's so hard to quit. And look, I didn't need the gum. I tried the gum. It didn't work. I didn't need a patch on my arm. I wasn't craving a patch on my arm. I was craving something in my lip. Jake's Mint Chew works so well because it allows me to have that dip. Only it's nicotine-free. It's tobacco-free. It's even sugar-free. I get to have that dip fix without putting harmful things in my body. If you have a loved one who smokes or dips... Buy them some things from Jake's Mint Chew. Jake's Mint Chew has 11 different flavors of long cut, four different flavors of the CBD pouches, which I would really highly recommend. They really take that edge off. And I've got a deal for you. Go to jakesmintchew.com and use the promo code JESSE. It'll get you 10% off. jakesmintchew.com, promo code JESSE. Well, he's always a fan favorite on this show. Joining me now, Pastor Daryl Scott. He is a former member of President Trump's executive transition team, also co-founder of the New Spirit Revival Center in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Pastor, I, I know you're an accountability guy. I demand it from my kids. I try to demand it from myself as much as humanly possible, but I give myself a pass every now and then. But accountability. There was a lot of Black Lives Matter talk last year. Black Lives Matter billboards and Black Lives Matter corporations and Black Lives Matter politicians, Black Lives Matter sprawled across the NBA court, okay? I'm looking at FBI statistics showing 30% increase in homicides last year because of the defund the police stuff, and I don't see a single person out there who was wearing those t-shirts and hashtags saying, oh, maybe I was wrong. Should I be holding my breath for that? 
Well, no, don't hold your breath because you'll wind up uh, suffocating to death. <laughs> yeah, you know, all those cries for defund the police. I said it then, I say it now. It was all political in nature. Uh, all of that uh, feigned outrage, all of that protest was designed for one reason only, and that was to inflame emotions against the Trump administration to somehow try to uh, make this uh, Democrat versus Republican issue as if the Republicans were on the wrong side and Democrats were on the right side and they inflamed the emotions of the black community. You know, I, I said this back in 2016 that the Democratic Party did not give black America one intellectual reason to not vote for Donald Trump. All the reasons that the black community was given were emotional reasons. He hates you. Don't vote for him. He'll send you back to Africa. Don't vote for him. He'll swing you off of trees. He'll put you in chains. Don't vote for him. All reasons designed to inflame emotions. And that entire police narrative was designed to inflame emotions. And it did. It caused some communities to be reactionary. They scaled back the police presence and look at the result. It's, it's worse. Black homicide rate is worse than it's ever been. Pastor, why does that work? I, I mean, I guess it's probably because I'm a cold-hearted jerk with no emotions at all. But I mean, by any measure, Donald Trump, especially as a Republican, did more outreach towards the black community than any Republican I can ever say. And it's not like I'm saying Republicans are racist, but Donald Trump was very forward about it. And yet it did work. It was very effective. Why is it so effective? Well, you know, his outreach to the black community was effective, but this anti-Trump message is because the, you know, the left-wing media is, to me, the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party, and now, by extension, the Biden administration. And so they focused their efforts against President Trump and tried to minimize his positive achievements and maximize what they would propagandize as negatives. And so it, it seems to have worked to a certain extent, and it, it's it's... It's sad that it has. Pastor, I, I've been hoping for vocal pushback from cultural leaders against these insane vaccine mandates. And when I say cultural leaders, I'm not just talking about politicians, obviously. I mean actors and athletes. I mean professors. I'm business leaders. I, I want another segment of the population be, besides the right-wing base to step up and say, this is unjust and wrong. And I'll play a video for you here. I'm sure you've seen it. I did not see this coming from some NBA players, and yet here it is. What is it about the vaccine that, that makes you uh, hesitant to, to, to get it? Uh, I, I would start with, um, I've had COVID um, in the past. And so our, our understanding of antibodies, of natural immunity has uh, changed a, a great deal from the onset of the pandemic and is still evolving. I don't believe that being unvaccinated means infected or being vaccinated means um, uninfected, you can still catch COVID um, with or with not having the vaccine. I would like an explanation to, you know, people with vaccines, why are they still getting COVID? If that's something that we are supposed to highly be protected from, like that's funny that, oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. It doesn't eliminate anybody from getting COVID, right? I don't know when Bradley Beal became more knowledgeable about viruses than Dr. Fauci, and yet here we are, Pastor. And look, any port in the storm, I'm, I'm thrilled we have some public figures who matter, those voices matter, stepping up and bringing some sanity out here. Yeah, and this exposes the hypocrisy of the left. You know, they have those slogans, my body, my choice, and 
to them, <laughs> pro-choice only applies to killing babies. Uh, but when it comes to a matter of what I want to be introduced into my bloodstream, you know, they want to take that choice away. A number of these NBA players are stepping up, saying, and a number of them, uh, another one came out earlier that plays for the Denver Nuggets. He said, look, I had COVID twice. And so by that logic, I should be, uh, have a reasonable amount of antibodies built up in my bloodstream that I can resist it. And, you know, some people don't want to get the jab. I think it's their choice. It should be their personal choice. Now, here we are on the right. You know, we were crucified, those guys, for taking a stance in, out of one breath. And then we will uh, lionize them out of another breath. Nicki Minaj is another example. You had uh, a number of black, quote unquote, conservative influencers that said she was a bad role model. Her, her genre was a bad role model for the black community. But the minute she said that um, you should be able to choose whether you want the vaccine out, all of a sudden she was called a queen. And the same is with these NBA players, you know. And the NBA itself, it prides itself on being a social advocate for the rights of blacks and the rights of people, a, a social rights uh, activist organization. That's why they plastered their courts with Black Lives Matters and all that. But now they don't want to, they want to deny NBA players the right to not get vaccinated. And they're instituting these policies coming up that are similar to apartheid, segregation, Jim Crow. Like, your lockers have to be somewhere away from the vaccinated people's lockers. You can't eat with the vaccinated. You have to stay in your <laughs> room while the vaccinated get to go outside. If the vaccinated are vaccinated, then what do they have to worry about catching it? Now, all of a sudden, when I was growing up, we had to get vaccinations when I was a kid, Jesse had the vaccination was to prevent you from acquiring this disease. Now they're saying, well, this vaccination doesn't prevent you from acquiring it. It simply makes the um, symptoms less severe. Well, heck, if that's the case, I can get some zinc for a cold and it'll make the symptoms less severe. NyQuil, DayQuil, uh, anything, any cold medicine makes the symptoms less severe. And so this entire narrative is dumb. Is done. First, they said the vaccination would inoculate us against the virus. Now they're saying so many people with the vaccination that get it anyway. Now it doesn't inoculate. It simply uh, lessens the severity. That's nonsense. Well, I wish them the very best of luck trying to get NBA players to stay in their hotel room while they're on the road. Pastor Daryl Scott, <laughs> thank you so much, sir. I appreciate you. All right, man. God bless you. Good. All right. We have an app. You know the First TV has an app? It's free. Get right on your phone. You can watch the first TV live all day long. You have your favorite shows on demand all day long. And again, I can't stress this enough. It's free. Just go to your app store, get the first TV app, enjoy yourself. All right, it's time to lighten the mood. We haven't had a lot of W's on the right in the past, oh, I don't know, eight, nine months or so. It's been a, been a bit of a rough slog, huh? So there was a congressional baseball game, and at least one of our GOP reps stepped up and hit one yard for the W. Democrats were trying to get caught up. Wow, this is a long Greg Stubbe with the Greg first Stubbe. pitch and the first swing is going to be a home run. Stubbe out of the ballpark into the left field bleachers. 
Stuby with the very first offering from Pete Aguilar, swings and sends it to left field and out. While everybody's milling with the president, they played baseball, and Stuby <laughs> wants to bring the attention back to the field. Absolutely. I believe that is the first out-of-the-park home run in this game in more than 40 years. And we get bust and loose played, of course, which they do at Nationals Park here for home runs as the Republicans out of the dugout to mob Stuby. Aguilar just kind of smiling, walking around behind the mound, saying, wow. I can't believe I just did that. How about that? Hey, we're, we're an important storm. All right, we needed something. All right, see you tomorrow.